It's time for Stars on Sports, a podcast radio show dedicated to sharing stories about our athletic program at Lansing Community College. LCC Athletics has a strong tradition. 23 national championship wins. Over 170 All-Americans. 19 MCCAA All-Sports trophies. Stars on Sports will introduce you to individuals that have contributed to our program's success and give you the backstory on what it takes to develop it. We'll also dive into and break down the topics and issues facing athletic departments across the nation and right here at LCC. This is Stars Stars on Sports. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Stars on Sports. I'm joined by our assistant athletic director, Stephen Cutter. And today, Stephen, we're going to start with sportsmanship. But as we know from previous podcasts, this could go in, in many directions. And I already lost my train of thought because I forget we're videotaping and I dance to our, our opening song. So I, don't I, hope think they, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That, <laughs> that adds to the entertainment. Yeah, it'll be on bloopers or something as we get going. At the very end, we're going to get you up doing the cha-cha slide. Uh, the slide. All right. I am not a dancer. I wish I could be, Shocking. but <laughs> probably goes with my parking. But um, anyway, Stephen, um, when you talk about rivalries, you talk about intensity and increased emotions and we both know that doesn't just go with rivalries as we're learning there's a lot of factors that play into this but I was at a conference this weekend in sportsmanship with a hot topic in in a number of sports and you see it on tv and we've talked about it before I've been watching some football games this fall and the popular gesture after a great play seemed to be the sword motion and it gets flagged more than some of the other motion that kids do out there. So I don't know if officials have an emphasis if they see the sword usually, motion that that usually, should yeah. be 15 yards compared to, you know, the incomplete Something pass. So, but anyway, uh, that a game Friday night and, you know, just officials have different perspectives, you know, unsportsmanlike conduct. Some are a little more mm-hmm. tight with it. Some are looser with it. So it can be hard for students to know what to get away with. We were in a different part of the state in the game I was in. So maybe they caught a little tighter over there. But as you and I have talked and we were talking on before we get on the air is to me in every coach's meeting, I, I start with sportsmanship starts with the coach. It's how the coach sets the tone, because if the coach is yelling and screaming, then it carries over to the student athlete. Then it carries over to the fans and spectators because they see them frustrated and upset. So I really make an emphasis with our coaches to try and be professional and classy and talk to the officials on the side. And we both know in heated moment, it's, you know, it's the coach's job to defend their kids with the officials. And this podcast is not about officiating. That's a whole nother podcast. But you've observed a little bit of that in your fall season. And what is there anything that goes to the top of your head when you think of sportsmanship or behavior actions and where it begins or ends? Yeah, I think it's a unique challenge. I know speaking from the stuff that we've taught in our program, we try to teach things like mudita, which is a Sanskrit word. And mudita means vicarious joy for others' successes. So in truly vicarious joy for others' successes, which helps teach selflessness. And in the English language, there is not another word that matches that. But there are two words that are the exact opposite of it, and that is jealousy and envy. So when you are teaching that and 
the student athletes start to buy into that. So when Billy makes a great play, they get excited and somebody playing behind Billy and, you know, he gets just as excited for Billy when he makes that play. That becomes a very unique environment. And so our dugout is, is usually very engaged. They will not be talking to the other team. They will not be talking to the other coaches, but they'll be very engaged. That is somewhat uncommon. And some people think that is lack of class or other things. But if you actually listen to what they're saying, they're within the rules of what they're doing. And they are engagers and they are cheering for each other. And we were in a ball game that was extremely one-sided. It was the last inning. We were pitching to close it out. And our pitcher went in there, had an immaculate inning. He went uh, one, two, three, one out, one, two, three, two outs, one, two, three, three outs, you know, nine pitches, immaculate inning. And the dugout was bonkers for him. Mm -hmm. And that is by far the best thing that you will see in sports. And we definitely promote it, but there's a backside to it too, where People just don't understand it. Yeah, and there's many factors that you hit on that I'd like to follow up on. One is an engaging bench, which is important. You, you know, as a coach, you have to keep your bench involved in the game so they're mm -hmm. ready to go, they understand right. what's going on. And you talked about the positive side because then some teams you see that jealousy and envy from that role player that's hoping that person doesn't Gets be successful so that fails. they can yeah. they can right. get out there and and you know capitalize on that opportunity, but. The thing I think we forget about sometimes because scenarios, you talk about a scenario when you're you're way ahead and your team's celebrating, so people might think from the mm -hmm. other side that right. shouldn't you, be. Right. right. Yeah, we should yeah. but having fun and we forget about that sometimes. And that's the main thing that these mm -hmm. student athletes right. should be doing is having fun out there. It should be fun. And we forget that sometimes. And we also forget how to how to handle it properly, which sounds like you go over specifically and I think good coaches do do that but it can be taken the wrong way and in our business perception is reality and you're dealing with emotions you're dealing with wins and losses and the other side can perceive things differently or the thing I've learned is if even in student sections if one team chants something the other section think they need to come back with a different chant and usually that can lead to inappropriateness and some of it's very clever and creative, but it can be inappropriate. And I'm not saying the team do that, but when one team sees another team having fun, you know they want they want to see them them having fun. It's it's kind of a law of attraction, as you mentioned, or contagious. But it's something as an event manager you have to monitor and mm -hmm. and manage and and worry about because dealing with a crowd is a whole nother issue and where that goes or that leads to. And again, they feed off. I think the teams and even the fun part of it, but it, it can be very difficult. And, you know, as we talk about rivalries and, you know, I think strong teams, you know, people come in as underdogs and really want to beat that team. And if they do beat them, it's like winning a national championship and the way they celebrate and, you know, it, it's kind of that talent differential. But we, as we know, in any game, anyone can beat the other team. You know, if one team had their best day, the stronger team had their worst day or something, then that's why we play the game. So it can happen. It's the underdog thing. But how do people handle that? And 
in that case, they're not used to it because that's why they're the underdog. So right. how did the other team respond? Again, the E plus R O equation, event plus response equals outcome. And how do people handle that outcome? And, you know, in sports, they're fans or fanatics for a reason, and they're all in on that team. And that's probably one of the negatives that have come with the emphasis on sports in our society is the fanatic behavior of fans at the pro levels you're seeing people die in the stands because of fighting or 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 words and you know some would argue you know there could be alcohol or other things involved but it's still I've been to some rivalry games where I did not have fun or would not want to go back just because of the banter between the fans and and some of it's fun and it should be fun even for the fans but it gets carried away and it becomes a, a, a negative experience for all those involved and it tarnishes it could even tarnish that big win by the underdog mm-hmm. but it, it starts with sportsmanship and I think you know that has to be emphasized in our program in our department in our sport in sports in general in society in general and you know, I always tried to start it starts with the golden rule, you know, respect, treat others the way you want to be treated. But, you know, it, it's hard sometimes because of the emotion of the game. And I don't like to lose. I get it. You know, even in a scrimmage or even when you're not keeping score, or even against my, my brother or sister in Monopoly, you know, but I don't play Monopoly, by the way, but uh, <laughs> we play categories. You know, my wife and I have had some of our biggest arguments during categories at home about if a word should count or not on a letter or something. So we don't even play <laughs> like that, that anymore in our family. Um, and I know you like board games, so sure. I didn't even mean to go that way. Sure. But, you know, it's competition. And as I've said before, competition brings out the best in product and the worst mm-hmm. in people. But... You know, it's still something we have, you know, our job. I mean, that's what we are around every day and what we work to get better at. It's been a very interesting topic. I just, again, don't know if if there is an answer. You got to set the tone. It's a, it's a tough battle. As an event manager, it's what you tolerate, you know, and hopefully you set the tone early. Like I had an assistant principal at the high school level. His goal every year was to throw someone out of the student section the first game just to set the tone for the year. Like, hey, you're, you know, we're we're serious here. You know, you, you can't well, you can't misbehave. That's but, a great tone to set there. <laughs> I, I'm a little bit curious. So you said that, you know, your team tends to have a lot of fun. I'm trying to understand exactly why that would. I mean, I get it. You're losing. That would bug you. You know, it's poor sportsmanship right there. That's all that is. But they have fun when they're losing as well. That's what I was trying to get to. Yeah, it's very unique. Last fall, we were playing one of the Division One teams, and we were getting absolutely smoked. We played really bad that day, and we scored a couple runs, and they were going bonkers for mm-hmm. the, you know, the joy of the success. And winning is really tough in sports. It's tough, and so the teams that do it, it's you're fortunate. You know, LSU baseball won the national championship. After every game they won, they took a picture by the dugout with the team, just showing like hey, here's the moment, enjoy the moment. Mm -hmm. Stop acting so much like you've been there before because you might not be there again. Enjoy this moment of winning. And and so that's what it is. And that fights against the norms a little bit. You know, it's, it's safe, as we talked at one point, saving that suit for the perfect occasion coming up. You know, act like you've been there before. Well, we teach a little bit of the opposite where you're enjoying the moments. And when those moments happen, you're gonna enjoy them. And when they win against a top team in the country or they win against the last ranked team in the country, 
it's going to look the same. They're going to be excited. Having fun. I mean, it's in my esteemed sports career that I've had over my lifetime. <laughs> uh, anytime I've ever played a sport or anything like that, though, I've always found that my performance level goes up so. if I just genuinely have fun. And that not only translates to that, but even doing something like this, a podcast, or if I'm announcing on a stage, anytime I'm doing something and I'm having fun, my performance always goes up. Yeah, I believe you're looser if you're yeah, having fun. Sure. There's not yeah. as much pressure there or you're, you're focused on the right things. To your point, focusing on the process instead of the scoreboard. I think all too often, I think you bring up a good point. If the game's out of hand, that no one should be having fun anymore. We should just get the game over. But why wouldn't you celebrate? What if there's a success there or something? And so it's a unique environment anytime that you can have a team or the culture start to pull on the rope in the same way and cheer for others and have that vicarious joy. It's, it's a special thing to watch, but because it's special to watch and doesn't happen everywhere, it becomes abnormal. And when it's abnormal, different or different, it's viewed as not okay. Mm. I think that's it 100%. It doesn't happen everywhere. And, and each program has their own expectation of that because some coaches wouldn't want you being happy or cheering or and you know that and and having fun especially if you're winning big or like if you're losing big it's just been a failure you know forget celebrating any successes at that point overall it's been a failure where there could be a student that stepped out of the spotlight that hits a home run that hasn't hit one that they got an opportunity to play so I think that's the big thing that in the same as I talked about earlier with officials that people have a different like idea or standard of of what fun is or what sportsmanship is and what's accepted or tolerated that some programs aren't allowed to have any fun. Some programs are too loose and have too much fun and finding that balance or finding that culture in your program that works. And each team is different. As I told you, I've seen your team develop regarding having more fun in the, in the dugout and, but that's, you know, probably getting more confident, getting stronger from practices and that's tough because like I was at a a volleyball game the other night and I had a parent express concern about the sportsmanship of our crowd and so we had a little conversation and I tried to appease her but I disagreed with her I thought our crowd was actually having fun and and being loud and you know they were cheering but I didn't think they were inappropriate but obviously she and I had a different definition of that and you know, we agreed to disagree to a certain extent, but sure. that happened pretty regularly. I struggle, you know, like what to accept and not accept. And at the college level, it's been much different than... Was her team losing? They were. There you go. <laughs> That's what it is. That is a large part of it because when, because when you're a fan and your team is losing, you're already mad. It's hard to accept. So when the, the other team's having fun or rubbing it in, it feels, you know, like an attack on them. And some people have a a complex about that. I get mad. Or it could be other factors we talked about. Like maybe she was tired. Maybe she was having a bad day. This lady actually had a baby in her arm. So I think she was more frustrated just because it was (laughs) loud in there, you know, but it are those factors um, that, that can lead to it. Her backpack, if you will. That's right. (laughs) I didn't want to say it, but exactly. Um, Common theme, but it, it, a lot of it has to do with winning. There, when you come into the game, there's you know that dodds have someone winning or losing. Mm-hmm. You know sometimes it's higher or, or or lower. And I think when it's higher, there's actually 
some would argue more pressure on the the higher ranked team because they're expected to win. So the longer the lower ranked team stays in it, the, the, that pressure yeah. builds and adds. And it's teaching that team, you know, that we talked about mental performance. We talked about focus. We talked about in the moment. We haven't talked about it on this podcast, but there was a golfer uh, a couple years ago that was winning the Masters, one of the, the big events, and he ended up winning it pretty handedly. And, and they asked him why, and he goes, because my life's not defined by winning the Masters. My wife would love me even if I went home. And and that's usually the opposite. Other people, their life is defined. Their pro career is defined on mm-hmm. winning that that major, that opening. And it, having that mindset of that per- person or, or your team of we're not defined by this. Obviously, we want to and we hate losing, but it doesn't define us. In I the think end. We, we try to clarify what winning actually is. And winning is what I was talking about with the dugout being engaged and cheering for others. That's winning to me. And that's what we define it as. And it's not so much that right side of the scoreboard. So when they do have those special moments and you're seeing them celebrate and you're seeing them truly happy for each other, that's winning to me and that that's winning in our program. And does that lead to success at the end of the day? Most of the time that does. If you can win your mornings, if you can win in that kind of stuff, you're more apt to win at the end of the day as well. And enjoy yourself when you're losing. Right. Right. Same thing where it's that perspective. It's not the end of the world. This is a game and it's, you know, the sun's going to come up tomorrow and it doesn't matter how big of a game it is. It's going to be a new day tomorrow. So to have some perspective and if there's something good that does happen in that game, even if the scoreboard's saying that your team's not doing so well, you enjoy that piece of it. And and enjoying is... Because we'd say the same thing for our days. If we had a lot of bad moments in our day and one good thing happened in that day, you'd be like, nice, I I can appreciate this right now. This is good. Yep, we let one moment define that day when one bad moment over out of 24 hours, it still could be a good day. Mm -hmm. And back to sportsmanship real quick, it's even gone down to the lowest levels seeing in youth sports, you know, parents attacking officials and how, you know, getting medals and trophies or making sure their son or daughter is the leading scorer because, you know, they want a college scholarship as they sure. they get older. So it's back to that pressure, back to fun has almost been secondary to the goal of the individual parent thinking their son or daughter's performance is a reflection of their parenting, which is the exact opposite in the real world it's how your son or daughter behaves with more reflection of your parenting but we lose sight of that especially once the game starts and even long after it's over i've seen parents on their ride home them and their kid not get along we've seen i was i was that parent when i started out youth coaching i was (laughs) not a good parent for the the ride home fortunately i was able to understand that and realize that at some point and make a truly a paradigm shift on on those rides but so i was that i've recently because of the way the dugouts are we've been accused of the only practice we do is cheerleading practice we teach our players how to be cheerleaders and that's not what vicarious joy looks like it's completely different but you're going to have a lot of opinions out there and and the ones that truly matter are the are the people that are closest to you and in your circles yeah Hmm. 
And you can. I mean, it's hard. It seems to be engaging benches is something, again, others, some programs enjoy and some don't. I, in certain sports, it's more accepted. In other sports, my kid that played golf and tennis, where you shouldn't cheer or talk at, it, at either of those events, but you want to, you, as long as you, you know, in tennis, as long as you celebrate both. I am the first one, too. I was a bad parent, too, by the way, on the way home, but I did a paradigm shift, too. So I'm glad we both have learned and grown in our adulthood. But my son might not feel I changed, but I feel I have. Um, But being now I lost my train of thought, but. Well, you're kind of talking about tennis and and how it's it's yeah, but cheering for both. I can I can cheer for the other team if they make a great play. Like, wow, that's impressive. Why shouldn't you? Exactly. I mean, just because they have a different uniform on, but I think that's frowned upon. And again, if it's a rivalry and some of your favorite teams, it's a little harder maybe, but because you want to win. But in the end, it defining that standard, following that standard, and making sure that standard is consistent. And it's hard because there's two teams out there, if not more, and those teams could have different standards and, and different ideas. And as a leader, that's what you try to have to manage and, and get through. Should we start saying warm up the bus or <laughs> it's all your fault? But anyway, that's what we have for today on Sportsmanship. As always, go Stars. Stars on Sports is recorded live at the WLNZ studios. Engineering and production assistance are provided by Didalian Lowry. You can listen to this episode and other episodes of Stars on Sports on demand at lccconnect.org. To find more information about our athletic program, visit lccstars.com. Thanks for listening. Go Go Stars! Stars!